Who is the sleeper Lions pass catcher to go after if the sun god rests on the Sabbath this week? What Bears running back is the player to get on your roster right now after last night's game? And is it time to get C.J. Stroud in your starting lineup in the FFPC main event? Plus, FFPC main event league champion Trevor Holt stops by to talk about how his team with Farrell Elliott has navigated itself into the top 40 in this year's FFPC main event how they've made it through the first few weeks without their top performers playing like top performers, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, from the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, the road of his High Stakes Lowdown, and of course, the FFPC. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott, who plays a bigger role in tonight's show than you might be accustomed to. Uh, Coming up on tonight's program, we're going to break down Michael Williams' 2023 breakout. Uh, last weekend, which Falcons tight end, I can't believe we're having this conversation, which Falcons tight end you need to start this week and much more. Uh, as a reminder, if you are looking for more action with the FFPC, rest assured we have plenty of stuff available for you right now. When you go to myffpc.com, that's myffpc.com to play the FFPC weekly challenge. There is no draft in this. There is no salary cap in this. You just choose 10 players. If you want to play without kickers and defenses, you just choose 12 players. If you want to play with kickers and defenses, just choose them by Sunday's 1 p.m. kickoff. Watch them ride throughout the rest of the weekend, and you can get fantasy glory. Again, similar to the FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge, only one player per team. So if you want to get um, Patrick Mahomes on your team, you can't have Travis Kelsey. If you want to grab Jalen Hurts, you can't have A.J. Brown. Only one player per team. Um, $35 is the entry fee. You can also play uh, for a $200 entry fee and win up to $2,500. That's at myffpc.com. 10-team contest, 30-team contest, 100-team contest, all available at myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. Get there right now. Register while you uh, watch the show tonight. It's the perfect two-screen experience. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the FFPC channel, youtube.com slash FFPC Fantasy. Comment on the FFPC YouTube uh, videos that we have there. Share them with your friends and enemies and get notified anytime we go live on the FFPC YouTube channel. The next time we'll be coming up on Tuesday. Let you more uh, know more on that as we move on through the broadcast tonight. Let's welcome in the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, the one, the only, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome in. Happy Friday to you. Happy first Friday of October for us doing this show. Okay, Valky, good. It, uh, I, it's good to see you. How are you? 
I'm I'm actually in a really good mood. I had a really good um uh local afternoon show today. I'm still riding that high and trying to transform into radio greatness tonight. The thing is, I really don't have to because you always carry me each and every oh, Friday well. night, which I appreciate. You know, it's it, uh, Bucky, you're a true broadcast professional. You get better every day. It's just amazing. Your ceiling is yet to be seen, and it already towers above all others. <laughs> you are way too kind, Farrell. We have a lot uh, of stuff to get to. And uh, by the way, um, I got a show rundown prepared um, tonight, okay. but it's very on brand for us to veer off that right away. This <laughs> is what we're going to do. Okay. Um, Marcos Valdez is actually watching us on the book right now, the Facebook. He's got a half point PPR question. He wants to know, should he be starting Brandon Ayuk over Puka Nakua? Now, the way I fall in on this, and and I think we got a couple of, we'll, we'll hit on Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup and Tutu Atwell um, tonight. But to lead things off, I am of the opinion that um, I am a little bit nervous about Cooper Cup his first week. This is a guy that had a hamstring injury. Um, and that's an injury that we've seen a lot of players come back from in a couple of weeks. Dude missed basically the entire preseason, then had to leave the state of California to go to Minnesota to see a specialist, again, for a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. This is red flags. Like you shouldn't have to, a hamstring injury not only should not take this long, it should not require a second opinion. I'm of the opinion that there probably is something else going on here. Mm. I'm not sure he's up to snuff for week one. Jim Mm. Cole and I have uh, a few teams that we have split in the KFFSC main event this year. Right now we're of the opinion we're going to start Cooper Cup the the first time out. Um, I think that – if you have the means to bench Cooper Cup in his first week back, you should do it because I'm a little bit nervous about this week. That said, because I'm nervous about Cup, I'm still firing up Nakua everywhere. So to me, while Ayuk is a good start this week against the Cowboys, I'd rather play Nakua over Ayuk. Am I wrong? Do you disagree? How do you feel about this? Um, you figured that out now. Uh, uh, Mr. Valdez is in a half point PPR, which mm-hmm. makes you, and, and naturally he'll get a six point touchdown. And Ayuk is a touchdown monster, and I believe they will have to have him. So I would probably uh, put my efforts behind Ayuk here. Um, and uh, but it's it's a tough one to call, and he might have another receiver that he should sit. So that would be my advice to look again at his roster and find a, another guy to sit. Um, uh, Puka is going to be a, a continued threat in this offense. He does a great job of getting open. The routes that he's running are not going to be taken away by Cup. They're going to bail. <laughs> what this what this offense is going to look like on both sides of the field. Could even possibly free up Higby in the middle, who's got a good set of hands and a great relationship with the quarterback. All things are pointing positive in, in Los Angeles Rams. And the fact that the player's back, you know, this is the holistic approach. Um, now, Balky, when any NFL player is having issues, he goes to the top. And perhaps hamstrings are settled in Minnesota. It gets cold there quick. People are pulling hamstrings. I don't know, but maybe, you know, that's where he goes. So uh, your detective skills are Hercule Perot uh, worthy here. Ooh. However, I think you might be working a bit too hard. 
if you had Farrell Elliott having a, the first Agatha Christie reference tonight, yeah. uh, you hit that on your bingo card. Maybe I am. And and listen, this is not the first time I freaked out over something I probably shouldn't be freaking out about, but you could be right. Um, so Farrell says Ayuk. I still say Nakua. Go with God uh, on this. Um, Rubio chiming in on the YouTube chat saying, um, because of bye weeks, a lot of us can't afford to sit Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup. And you might be in that circumstance. And and that's and I'll reinforce this again. I'm only saying sit Cooper Cup if you have the means. If you don't have the means, then play him. Jim Cole and I in our leagues, we may not have the means. We may have when to Cooper play. Cup puts up 30 this weekend. You're gonna right. be what was I thinking about? Um let, let's go to uh, our resident Ivy League professor kicking off uh, another question tonight. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, safe flexes as of now. As of now, they are not safe flexes in my mind, Farrell. Um, I think Barkley is, is going to give it a go this week. Um, I don't know how effective he's going to be. And quite frankly, there's a non-zero chance that he still doesn't go. He is at Miami this week. So I think you got to, you know, uh, utilize caution there. There's you, you got to have some plans in case Barkley doesn't go. Uh, secondly, Jonathan Taylor. Oh my God. I don't know what to do with him uh, here because this is a player that says he's 100% healthy. We know behind the scenes, probably why he was placed on, on IR to start the season or the publicist or whatever it was that he's off. Now he's been practicing in full this week. It's not like he's got a bunch of world beaters in front of him. However, the matchup is as it's about as bad as it, as it comes. Even if Jonathan Taylor is active, I can't say he's a safe flex. I understand if you use him as a flex, I might use him as a flex, but again, I would, with these two players here, I would try to look elsewhere, if at all possible, Farrell. This question comes from a man who does not embrace safety. The, the guy would make you think he wears a belt and suspenders at the same time. Hudson Curry does not – Hudson Curry is a risk taker. Why is this even a question? However, I have to think that Jonathan Taylor has a lot to prove when he gets on that field. I, I would not want to be the first linebacker if he gets to the second level uh, – you know, I would not. I would hate to be the linebacker and have to take him down. Um, and as the gentleman previously said, and I apologize for that. As the gentleman previously said, uh, we're in a situation where um, perhaps you can't afford to sit certain players. So you know, don't drive yourself crazy about this. Just you know, play your best players. If you've got a player that you think is a solid fifteen. 12 to 15 at running back, play him and set on the sidelines. If you've got, if you, if you've got a, uh, uh, a Jarek McKinnon kind of situation, you run these players out there. And that's, that's easy to figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And, and we'll know more obviously, uh, but be, you know, about 1130 Eastern time uh, on Sunday uh, as a reminder, and I'll give a shout out uh, at the end of the show, to anybody who is submitting lineup Saturday night or early Sunday morning, because we do have an early Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. kickoff between the uh, Bills and the Jaguars. So make sure that you are getting those players in um, before you can't. Obviously. Hurry up and ask another question, because I just gave a Captain Obvious answer. Hurts okay, okay, all right. Well, let's let's do this. Let's there. move on to something. Bitter taste of nonsense. Out of my mouth. <laughs> bitter taste of nonsense. Great fantasy football team name. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is doubtful officially for the Carolina Panthers game this weekend. St. Brown has been pretty tough. He's gutted out a lot of injuries since he has entered the NFL. But the fact that he's listed as doubtful on Friday 
it makes me think that uh, you you have to make other plans. There almost is no alternative now. Josh Reynolds is listed as questionable. Jamison Williams listed as questionable as well. Khalif Raymond, really the only fully healthy guy in uh, the Detroit wide receiver room. Sam Laporta should see a ton of targets. I mean, to me, he's a slam dunk start this week. Uh, the question here is, Farrell, if St. Brown can't go, would you look at Williams, Khalif Raymond, or Josh Reynolds as viable flex plays this week, or are we digging too deep uh, to go with any of those uh, wide receivers for Detroit? I don't think you are, but you'd have to predict the actions of the coach, and he might play all three of them. It's a situation. What's what's going on with Gibbs here in this situation? Oh, that's that's another. I'm glad you bring that up because Gibbs is another guy that is listed as questionable in, in this in Not this game question. as well. So so it could be like honest to God, it would not surprise me at all that this is the David Montgomery and. Craig Reynolds uh, show <laughs> on Sunday for the Lions against the Carolina Panthers, who I believe are the only 0-4 team in the league. Gibbs actually was added to the injury report today, was not appearing on it either on Wednesday or Thursday, and you always hate these midweek downgrades, and this is a massive midweek downgrade. Um, David Montgomery is averaging 23 carries a game, and that's, by the way, already leaving a game early this year. They have been pounding him. It's going to be another David Montgomery game uh, for sure. So I love Montgomery this week. I love Sam Laporta this week. Can't really get behind any other Lions. Uh, I, I, I take that back. Jared Goff, I think, would could, could still be okay this week in a spot start if you're missing Herbert or Watson or whoever. Um, but, but Laporta and Montgomery are the guys here. I can't believe in any of the other skill position guys not named Goff. <laughs> yeah, and you know, pick your Detroit player that you like because there's a lot of likable qualities. Reynolds, uh, perhaps, is my favorite. Raymond, if he can get loose from a secondary that seems to have difficulty um, with the slot receiver or you know, with the crossing patterns in the middle of the field, they, they, this defense has regressed a little bit. Naturally, their record suggests that, and the fact that they've had a tough schedule and had to replace their quarterback. They've been competitive. Their Carolina is great for fantasy football. They're giving, you know. So it should be a good game for all fantasy players. And so I can believe that, you know, if you drafted Amon Ross St. Brown and you have these other guys, you either, either paid for them on the waiver wire or you chose to handcuff, you know, your top second-round pick, Amon Ross St. Brown. You, mm -hmm. So – um, you know, follow through with your strategy and uh, good luck. Good luck indeed. We're going to wish good luck to our buddy Chris Lude, who is hanging out with us on mm. YouTube right now, um, taking in the action. And he says, good evening, guys. Pittsburgh's offensive line is terrible and playing in probably a low-scoring game. This is against the Ravens. Am I stupid for thinking of starting Rasheed Rice over George Pickens full PPR? Thank you for the chime in, Chris Lude. Listen, if you're watching this show, you are clearly not stupid. So we're not <laughs> even going to entertain that at all, 100%. <laughs> that said, Farrell, I, 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 I don't know how I've not done this over the years. I've never named any of my fantasy team names a weak man because that no. is actually what I am. I am not strong enough. I cannot find it in my system to somehow find a way to start Rushy Rice for the Chiefs in, in the Vikings game, by the way, this week, with a total at 52.5, I think was last check, still at 52.5. Should be a yeah. massively high-scoring game. 
I am not strong enough to start Rasheed Rice, a guy who could be the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth option this week. I don't know. I am going to play Pickens. He is the number one option. Pickett is going to play in that game. Yes, it could be low scoring. The total on that game, uh, uh, and quite frankly, it should be low scoring. Total in that game is 38 right now. I had Mike Shope on the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show last night. His recurring joke every week is every time the Ravens and the Steelers play, the final score is always 16 to 15, which is not far from the truth. Not far from the truth at all. And and it could be a low-scoring game. Still can't play Rice. I'm still playing Pickett, uh, Pickens in this game over Rice. That's how I would play it. How would you do it? The lewd is definitely not stupid. He is um, brave and creative and risk-taking and all those things should be rewarded. If you are, uh, if you've got one of those numbers by your team, when you go to the FFPC and look, if you've got a one through four, go ahead and play Pickens. If you're knocking on the door in uh, head-to-head, go ahead and play Pickens. If you're 10, 11, and 12, you drafted Rice and you love him and you're looking for, you're looking for hope, play Rice. Yeah. Play it based on where your standings are because Pickens – um, is a number one, you know, Thursday night we saw a number one receiver explode. That's not going to happen against Baltimore, but Balky's right. This is still a, a very good number one receiver uh, who is without Johnson uh, in the receiving core. Am I right about that, Balky? Is, is, uh, Johnson's still know, on IR. Still Deontay on IR. Johnson on IR. So th- this is a number one receiver in a game where he has to step up. And you don't know what you can get out of that, but most of the time it'll be really good. That is how we fall on that, Chris. We appreciate you watching. Appreciate you chiming in. We had a couple of trades in the NFL today. One affects fantasy more than the other. Diana Rossini, the intelligent reporter for the mm-hmm. Athletic, the, the intelligent intrepid reporter for the Athletic, reported today that the Chicago Bears have finally traded wide receiver Chase Claypool to the Dolphins in exchange for a six-round pick. The Bears also sending a seventh rounder in 2025 as well. Claypool now um, goes to Miami, um, uh, his new team, his third team in the league. As a reminder, since the Bears traded that second round pick for him, which ended up being the first pick in the second round uh, last year, Claypool has 18 catches in 10 games. I have been clinging on to him in one of my dynasty leagues, and it's probably a fool's errand. Probably shouldn't be letting him go right now, Farrell. I just wanted to see where he would be going to. The place for fantasy goodness for Chase Claypool is not in Miami. Not behind Tyreek Hill, not behind Jalen Waddell, not behind the electric running game they have with Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan. I, I can't get behind Claypool at this point. To me, this is a nothing burger. To me, normally when you bring stuff like this up, we're talking about reasons to get guys rostered and get guys in your starting lineup. To me, final nail in the coffin. No reason to roster Claypool in redraft or dynasty anymore. That's right, Balky. Uh, yeah, I've always been a Claypool um, supporter. Never a Claypool apologist. If you go back to when um, he had that offseason uh, problem in the summer in a bar, it's never good for NFL players to be arrested in a bar. So that's that's, that's not a good situation. So then um, – you know, it's it's fallen apart since then. And you bring this up, Balky. I, I was introduced to Claypool when the last time that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish came to Louisville to play. And I watched them walk out on the field. You know, they just look like an NFL team. The size difference is so impressive. And tomorrow, the Irish once again travel to Louisville. Uh, and, and we'll see the same thing. But let's get back to Claypool. 
Uh, I, I tried to look. Well, I know I did look. I'm not the detective you are, but I looked at the staff down at Miami because I'm trying to find someone that can that can reclaim this player's talent and get him back in the right direction. And there's somebody down there. I don't know who it is. I found out some interesting things as I went through their football administration. Did you know that Fergie is a partner in the Miami Dolphins ownership team? And what? Did you, yeah, Fergie. And did you also know there's a guy, Balky, uh, his last name is Nielsen. I met him years ago when he was working for Green Bay at $6 an hour, or so he says. And, and now he's uh, he's a special projects there in, in Miami. He's more of a numbers guy. This is a very it's, it's a tremendous. You can learn so much about what an NFL team's thinking by just going and looking at their people. But yeah, Fergie's a partner. I don't think either one of those people are the the people that are going to get involved with him. So maybe it's the guys in the room. Maybe it's the players. Maybe it's the head coach. I see a lot of talent here. That's why they're willing a very good team to take a risk on that player. And it's a low risk type thing. It's great for the team. But as far as fantasy goes, like it's like Farrell, I, I cling on to players like Grim Death. And and this is a player <laughs> I can finally feel like I can let go, right? Like yeah. I am I am Rose, what was her name? Rose DeWitt in Titanic. Mm-hmm. I am letting go of Jack Dawson on that piece of driftwood in the Atlantic Ocean right now. I'm going to let Chase Claypool sink to the bottom. I hope he rises. I don't know if he will, but it won't be rising with my it, it was hard to let Jack go. It's not hard to let Claypool go. No, it's not. It was much easier. He's like the – you know, But hey, I can remember some 30-point Sundays with Claypool. You know. I do too. Mapletron. Remember when he was Mapletron? Yeah. yeah he was, I think he still is. It's just you've lost your taste for maple. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm more of an Oak guy myself. Khalil Herbert uh, had an ankle injury last night on Thursday Night Football. Jeremy Fowler is reporting that Herbert says he's going to be fine. Mm. Now, this was a, a a really awkward play. The Dizzle actually chimed in on one of my group chats saying that he tore his ACL. You're sure he tore his ACL. I texted Jim Cole. I said, this looks like a significant ankle or knee injury. He came back in, um, but after one carry, he kind of shook his head and then came off the field, never entered in again. They had Blazin game, their fullback taking snaps. Remember, this is a game where Rashawn Johnson went out with a concussion. We know Herbert had the, the ankle injury. Uh, Travis Miner got hurt, and they already deactivated Deontay Foreman. Yeah. As we look forward, as we're always trying to chase after the guy behind the guy, Farrell, are we chasing after Deontay Foreman? Are we yeah. believing that Herbert's going to be okay? They get the mini buy this week. What would you do as far as roster manipulation right now with the Bears' backfield? Is there something to be said right now for Foreman or Minor in the leagues that they're available in? Perhaps, but there's something to be said for uh, Roshan Johnson as you hope he gets out of protocol real soon because this is a player. He's a very, very good player. If he had this, some more opportunities last night, we would have saw that. And blessing game, God bless him, five yards in a cloud of dust. They couldn't bring him down. Those were his first carries in the NFL. Good for him. As a guy who ends uh, Justin Fields in several leagues, I was like, Boy, I hope they don't start letting Fields carry the mail here because he, he was taking way too many shots already. Like, I mean, that guy healthy. He made it through okay, and and that's good. That That's all we're hoping for is healthy uh, players having fun. We're going to have some fun with tonight's guest. Oh, I'm going to bring boy. him in right now. A former FFPC main event league champion and a winner of pretty much countless KFFSC main event and, and other leagues in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. He and his co-manager and my co-host, Farrell mm. Elliott, currently sit 
in 35th place overall after last night's action in the 2023 FFPC main event as they are chasing a $1 million grand prize. Please welcome the guy who enjoys his Coronas at Del Mar. It is Trevor Holt. Trevor, uh-huh. welcome into the there program, man. Welcome in. Doing there good. Is. Excited to have you on. Um, how does it feel? I know that you guys had some action um, with DJ Moore last night, but how does it feel to look up at that leaderboard and see yourself in the top 40 right now for a million bucks? Yeah, it feels good. Uh, I thought I'd bring some Coach Prime vibes. I like it. Turn glasses on. <laughs> I like it. No, I feel like- I know he said he doesn't go to Florida State. He never went to Florida State. But I am wearing my Florida State Seminoles National Championship uh, sweatshirt right now. I'm, I'm, I'm at least repping the Deion Sanders. I gotta, I gotta screw, I'm screwing this up right now. There it is. There's my Seminoles logo here tonight, if you can see it. I'm wearing that. You're representing Coach Prime. All it is is greatness. And, Trevor, you guys have greatness right now in the top 35 <laughs> in the FFPC main event. I'd love to be you right now. And my God, DJ Moore, you had to love watching that last night. Oh, did love it. Did love it. Uh, we, we, we had a, uh, yeah, we, we had a dare to be great Thursday night. Now, uh, you know, Balky, before you get too carried away with this team, uh, Trevor and I will, will, will point out that uh, in our division or in our league, we are, uh, what, what are we the fourth qualifier for the playoffs if it started today? Yeah. Are we yeah. uh, we're in on points because, yeah, we, head to head, we've not had a lot of luck. Yeah, yeah we, we attract, you know, it, it, it we attract every it's, it's nice to have a 40 point score, um, and a 30 point score out of the quarterback position, but it, usually we attract that in our competition. We, we can lose more games 190 to 180. Uh, but, but, you know, Trevor recruited me as his co-manager. And you talk about carrying the weight. It's all been on uh, Trevor Holt's shoulders this year, including Balky. If you look over our free agency in this league, uh, Sam Howell was picked up in week three, I believe, maybe week two. He, however it was, is Trevor planning ahead for the bye week for our quarterback Herbert, with his, which is this week. And, you know, um, I looked askance at it a couple times, but never said anything about it because I was, uh, I could, I could, uh, what I saw last week from Hal and what I saw in one half from Hal. So, congratulations, Trevor, on that free agency pickup. Yeah, he, uh, definitely just a one week play for us, but I think he was the right play. Mm-hmm. Didn't I, think so in the first half, but. <laughs> and I'll tell you this like, you know, people would be like, oh my God, these guys are starting Sam Howell or whatever. Well, bear in mind, it was the Bears. Of defense, which has been historically bad this year. And I'll also say this, and I'm out, I shouldn't even be saying this. I was, I told my buddy, uh, Farrell, you met my buddy, Matt before. Um, great guy. Yeah. Great guy. I was talking to him tonight and I said, you're not going to believe this, but in the Kentucky dynasty league this week, I have to start Zach Wilson at quarterback. Yeah. And, and the only two quarterbacks I have in my roster are him and Aaron Rodgers. The only other option I have is Mac Jones. I have two teams in that league. And Trevor, I don't know if you're in this league or not. Two teams in that league rostering four quarterbacks, including one team rostering three quarterbacks plus Patrick Mahomes. So as a result, I'm starting Zach Wilson. I cannot make fun or poke, uh, uh, you know, poke holes in anybody wanting to start uh, a quarterback, uh, no matter how bad they are this week. 
because um, I'm starting the worst one, quite frankly, in my opinion. <laughs> Trevor, um, listen, we, we want to get into fantasy talk. I, I know it's already 27 minutes past the top of the hour, and, and everybody wants us to get into it with you. Before we do that, can you tell us what you're doing for a living when you're not winning all these Kentucky leagues and hanging up at the top of the leaderboard in the FFPC main event? Sure. I work for a company in Louisville called Republic Diesel, a machine shop, and uh, I run their driveline department. So we build build drive shafts for trucks, cars, off highway equipment, um, you know, all kinds of different things. But yeah, that's that's what I do for a living. Blue collar work, which makes you understand that if Trevor Holt is in yeah. your league, you're not going to outwork him. He is going <laughs> to outwork you in lineups and the waiver wire, no question. And and I think Farrell, the first thing we should talk about uh, with Trevor is the fact that you have not gotten the biggest bang for your buck from your first and third round picks yet. Your guys are still crushing it right now. Um, well, okay. Thank you, Balky. Uh, Trevor, if you recall, uh, Austin Eckler, we went, uh, we took Eckler fourth. We did not think McCaffrey would be available. He was, but we had convinced ourselves that Eckler, um, was our pick and our guy. And we stayed on that. And, uh, you know, we got the reverse of it. Uh, Eckler yep. has been on the shelf. With the injury, uh, he, he comes back uh, in 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 the in the second round. Um, uh, we took um, we took we we had a choice of receivers, and yeah. and I remember we took um, Devonta Smith because we were going to stack him with the third round Hurts, and and somebody had the audacity to take Hurts before he got back to us. And then we ended up with the Jamar Gibbs. And Balky is trying to tell us that that these players – he's, he's trying to say that, that our running backs, Trevor, might be – Okay. He, he's just kind of uh, – he's kind of insulting our running back. Hold on. I'm going to object to the attorney, uh, Jay Farrell Elliott, who is leading the witness here. And you're so leading that, the witness. No, I'm, yeah. You're leading the witness. I'm the yeah, judge here. The I'm going to sustain the argument. Trevor, I'm going to reframe the question here. You guys can't be thrilled with how it's gone for Austin Eckler and Jameer Gibbs so far. Um, yet you guys are still in the thick of it to, to winning a seven-figure grand prize. I think that's the story here. Is is and and you could probably I mean feel free to disagree with me. I don't think you will, but you know, these people mm -hmm. that say you can lose your fantasy draft in, in the first round, clearly that's not the case because you could have gone with different guys in the first round that would put you in a better spot, but you still have the best of Austin Eckler to come. You still have the best of Jameer Gibbs to come, we think. And you're already in the top 40, man. Yeah. Uh, I think what saved us on the Eckler pick is getting Karen Williams late. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at his points, if you just took his uh, name off the board, it would almost look like uh, Austin Eckler points. 17, 28, 27. So that, that kind of saved us in that regard. And then and I will uh, also point out, Balky, that I was getting real busy. Normally, we draft our team much earlier in the year. and We drafted later this year. And the later we drafted it, two things happened. I got busy with the Kentucky event. Uh, and I also, this this is something, and I, you know, there's a lot of partnerships at play. You mentioned you're playing some, some leagues with Jim Cole. Um, I was distracted. And so, you know, I, the last few rounds, I said, uh, Trevor, take it home. Uh, he made a couple good picks of Rams players. Thank you, sir. Uh, my contributions to the draft, uh, several of them in the double-digit rounds, have been uh, sent packing in free agency. We, we've had a very good uh, 
we've had a very good free agency run, but I, I think I made a mistake of, you know, I drafted a great deal and we, we were in the situation and I don't think I served, uh, I don't think I served well as a partner, Trevor, because I was willing to say, you know, I don't have that guy anywhere. So why not? And that's not a great reason to draft a player. And I think that's, you know, I look at it in, in one round. I'm a, I had Pittman on almost every team, and we came down to Pittman and Pickens. And I really like Pittman. But I tell myself, you know what? Trevor likes Pickens. Let's, 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 let's go with Pickens. Yeah. And that probably is the only one spot that if I had jumped up and said, you know what, no, I, want, I want to have Pittman here, that we yeah. would have had Pittman. And I think, our, you know, our early results would be better. Uh, yeah. With, Thing I, I remember most most about the Gibbs pick was I know a lot of the picks in the slow drafts you might be on the clock for at least an hour or so but when we came on the clock for that one I got a quick phone call from Farrell saying I'm okay with taking Gibbs here and uh, and I knew he really wanted Gibbs yeah in that third round and I and I think and so we look at Gibbs and and you know he's yet to find the end zone but he's averaging 4.6 yards a carry he's caught 14 balls I think. Uh, and, and he'll catch more. And so that's on a pace that even if he doesn't catch more, what's, you know, he's going to end up with 60 plus. I, I think that's about what we were looking for. You know, people spent, and, and there's been more yardage production out of uh, Bijan Robinson. People spent a first round draft pick on him and he hasn't had a rushing touchdown either. So I don't want to consider any of these young players uh, bust this early because, uh, you know, you, you get them, because they'd be playing better at the end of the year. And, and, and God forbid, David Montgomery's not going to carry the ball 450 times this year. So at some point, we're going to be okay. I think the other thing that – and I'm as guilty as anybody when I was upset with the Lions and how they were using Gibbs when Montgomery was hurt. Hmm. At least they were using him. I mean, they were yeah. pounding him. You know, you don't necessarily want to see all that between the tackle stuff with Gibbs, but at least they were using him. I mean, at least they're trying to exploit him in a certain regard. We'll see if they can exploit him in the way that we as fantasy. Like, wasn't it Ben Johnson, the OC, that said, um, uh, we're going to use Jameer Gibbs in ways that you're probably not used to? Well, I'm, uh, or you're probably going to be surprised at. I'm definitely surprised at the way that they have been using him so far. No Mm -hmm. question there. I just like to see more use rather than non-use. And and Trevor's too modest to to mention it. And Farrell, you kind of teased it. But um, part of the reason you guys have been so successful this year Trevor took in the 16th round Kyron Williams and in the 20th round some guy named Puka Nakua mm-hmm. who has been crushing it for you guys so far. <laughs> Congratulations on that. God bless Sean McVay, one of my favorite coaches for fantasy in uh, in uh, in uh, fantasy football right now based on what he's been able to do. Um, let's, uh, let's get into the – I think it was the second round. So, Trevor, you had the opportunity to take either Devontae Smith or Chris Olave. You guys end up going with Devontae Smith there. Olave goes with the next pick. Um, mm-hmm. Can you take us through why you guys like Smith over Olave this year? Sure. I, I'll give Farrell credit for that because if I'd have been drafting by myself, I probably would have took Olave. Uh, but on a lot of our picks, sometimes Farrell will tell me, you know, just, hey, take who you want this time. And that he made a strong case for him there that he just liked the quarterback better. He wasn't impressed with Derek Carr and uh, liked Hurts a lot more. And so I'll give Farrell credit for that. And I think right now it looks like the right pick. Mm, so far, so good. And I love Alave. We we love yeah. Alave. And we, we like thought we him. could get Hurts. You know, we, we thought we could get Hurts, but we, we didn't. And, you know, Alave with Thomas coming back, uh, put a little question mark on that. And, and, and Trevor says, yeah, I think 
I think we've covered that, but you know, Smith and um, we thought Smith was going to take a, a step forward in that offense this year. So far, so good. So much, yep. you know, yes. Uh, let's uh, let's move on here um, and talk about uh, what we saw last night. Yeah. Uh, my God, my God, it was it was unbelievable. Justin Fields for the second straight game absolutely puts on a clinic in the first half um, against the Commanders last night. Trevor, I don't know if you watch this game. Do you think Fields now, quote unquote, gets it? Do you think he's dialed in? And and as a result, is DJ Moore going to be the type of guy that you can more than likely lock into your starting lineups going forward? Yeah, I, I don't know if Fields gets it yet. He's probably still going to be up and down for the year. But uh, DJ Moore, yeah, definitely, he's he's going to be in every week play now. You know, he's he's basically all they have at receiver, in my opinion. And that's and that's the comment. That's that's the first time I can go with that. All you have commentary. Yeah. You know, it's one of the, it's like nails on the blackboard. They don't have anything else. But it, honestly, do you see all those wide receivers that that Washington put into the offense last night? And and that's just not their fields. And Mooney and he and Mooney can't get together. You know, it's, it's the tight end and it's more. Right. I can't believe, you know, Trevor, when we were sitting there, we, we where we were picking fourth in the fourth round. So, yeah, ninth and whatever it is. We're at the end of the fourth round. I say, is DJ Moore really going to fall all the way to us? And, and there were guys that was going off the board uh, prior to Moore that, that would have never considered. Uh, yeah. His uh, next next three matchups too are Vikings, Raiders, Chargers. I wrote that down, so Ooh. I'm happy with that. Vikings, okay. Raiders, and Chargers. Um, um, go ahead. Uh, okay, um, they're on by this week, Trevor. But we're going to talk about the Seahawks anyway. Um, Zach Charbonnet was was falling in during draft season um, as that one of those first injury away type guys, right? Like all he needs is an opportunity and he's going to be able to be a top 15 running back because of his pass catching chops. Kenneth Walker has not gotten hurt uh, and he's been very successful in that Seahawks offense so far, knowing that you guys have Charbonnet on this roster are, is it going to take a Walker injury for you guys to flex out Charbonnet or is there still some standalone value in the next few weeks coming up where you're like, you know what, maybe Charbonnet is a flex play with the bye weeks going on. Isn't the worst idea in the world. No, I, I think if you're playing him as a flex, you're you're probably in trouble. Uh, he's he's definitely going to need not rooting for, but you're going to need the injury to ever think about putting him in the lineup. Uh, and really, on our team, he's he's probably only one of the guys we have that are like that uh, on the bench, kind of the upside. You know, need something to break their way, kind of guys. But no, you you can't flex him right now. He runs play. with he authority and he looks good and, and you know I'm I'm glad he's there. We didn't draft Alave because uh, we we liked Thomas and we ended up with Thomas way down in in the draft. Now we have the choice between Thomas and Pickens. It's going to be your decision, Trevor. Uh, you don't have to make it on Friday night, but you do got to tell Balky and the listeners <laughs> right. how you're leaning. Yeah. That that usually is the hardest choice is your last flex spot, and uh, I I was thinking about playing Thomas just because of, I think he's a lock to catch five or six short targets maybe maybe gets his first touchdown, uh, and with Pickens I wasn't sure about Pickett right now but I guess it looks like he's going to play, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know my guts tell me play Thomas, I'm thinking I'm thinking he's a lock for six seven catches 
50, 60 yards and maybe gets on the board. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, Pickens definitely has the higher ceiling here. But when you when you look at time – and the other thing to consider is the health of Derek Carr's shoulder. I mean, my God, if Alvin Kamara yeah. goes back-to-back 13 uh, catch performances, uh, we have an issue in the Big yeah. Easy. And and it's not, it's not good for Olave. It's not good for Thomas and anything like that. I'm hoping we get more information about Carr, and, and if it's good, um, then I'd feel better about Thomas. Yeah, I don't want to make it seem like Pickens is the slam dunk, but this is something you guys will be probably wrestling with over the next 48 the, hours. The Lude wants to start Rashi Rice over, over Pickens. Over yeah. Pickens, yeah. I mean, I, so, I come on. Yeah, he can I, follow the Lude and be all right. I think the Patriots are beat up on defense, too. Yeah. They just they yeah. made that trade. Was it J.C. Jackson, Farrell, that they mm-hmm. just acquired from, from the Chargers? And they're talking about making him active this week. And I'm like, my God, if you're making him act. And I understand he's been with the Patriots before. So it's yeah. not like a guy who doesn't understand what's going on. But but still, that that is a little bit of a, of a caution flag for me. Um, when, when you talk about, you know, the Patriots. I'm playing the Patriots defense in a couple leagues in Kentucky uh, this week. And, and, and even I was kind of like, God, you're going to start him right away. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's what we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with Trevor Holt, the 35th place team co-owner with Farrell Elliott in the FFPC main event right now. Wandale Robinson, Trevor, you grabbed him off the waiver wire last week. I grabbed him off the waiver wire in a couple of leagues as well. Quite frankly, I'm, 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 a, I'm stumbling around in the dark, trying to hook onto something with the Giants wide receivers right now. I've grasped onto Wandale Robinson for my team. I don't know if there's any fantasy goodness there. Can you sell me on Wandale Robinson? I think there's something. I just don't know how much this is is there. Sure. Uh, coming off knee injury, I, I told Farrell I watched that game, and I think he only ran like 11 routes. They threw him the ball five, six times. He looked a lot more explosive than Paris Campbell. Uh mm. and I think it said last game he ran like 62% of the routes, so he's you know they're ramping him up. And just to the eye test, to me, he's he's the most explosive person they have. I mean, besides Hyatt, but they're just not throwing it to Hyatt. But yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he he's somebody kind of maybe like Thomas. He's going to catch a lot of short passes, and he may not have the ceiling, but he's I think he's definitely playable. And I'm we loved play. him and love the fact that he was on the waiver wire. If we go back a year, he was a tenth, eleventh round draft pick here, yeah. and in the FFPC, and it, it's low hanging fruit, Trevor. Trevor saw it and locked in on it early. You know, you get you get a little jaded when you begin. It, it, you have to be patient. It's good to be patient with players you like. We had a lot of players on the waiver wire that we benefited to pick up. I think they'll have good years, but you know they, they were available because other owners in the league were not patient. And and this is a uh, Trevor's Trevor has it uh, lined out. This it, and there was an. I forget who who carried the last game, but the analyst pointed out that the Giants had thrown the ball twice beyond 10 yards. So if they're not going to throw the ball downfield, they have no other option than to seek Robinson and and Waller, who will eventually begin to catch passes. Is he? Do we we know that, Farrell? Yes, he will. Okay. All right. And, and, you know, I, I would have to say that we were we were a little bit saved uh, in the draft because in the reason we ended up with Moore, the reason Moore was available and it was such an easy choice. I think we made the pick. Did it, is it the eight hour clock, Trevor? Is six, six hour clock? We did the six, yeah. Six hour clock, and and I think we made the choice like five minutes into the six hour clock 
to take more. And, and prior to him, uh, Waller and Kittle went off the board. So it, uh, you know, we, we were fortunate in that regard. But yeah, Waller, it's going to be a Waller and Robinson show there. I think um, there's a lot of people regretting picking Waller over Hawkinson this year. That's one of those things like you never know because remember Waller and people have been talking about this last couple of weeks on, on all the fantasy podcasts, Waller built up so much speed um, in, in drafts where he surpassed Hawkinson. And now we're four weeks into the season and people have to be like, what in the hell was I thinking taking Waller over Hawkinson? It's always, it's, it's a cautionary tale. Anytime you buy into the late draft hype, um, you never know how it's going to end up. And certainly it's ended up bad so far for Waller owners. And it's been great for, for Hawkinson owners who, who took advantage of that. Farrell, you guys had an interesting transaction uh, this past week um, in regards to your defense and dropping a, a running back I was going after in, mm. in Kentucky. Let's talk about that with uh, with Trevor here. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Jordan, Jordan Mason? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's one we probably should have talked more about. Probably, <laughs> we probably should have dropped Zamir White because yeah, I, I I think I have eight teams in Kentucky and I have Jordan Mason on every one of them. Yeah, well, Mike, you know, Mike Davis effect. Do you want? We'll you just know, shut it down and we'll maybe go back and get it. But you know, uh, uh, the Texans. Uh, I'm liking all things that are coming out of Texas right now. And I, and I see a, a, a great opportunity for points this weekend uh, against an Atlanta team that is feeling a great deal of pressure. I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, I, I think the defenses can be a real thing when they're playmaking defenses. And oddly enough, I think that's what we've got in Houston. Well, and, you know, one of those playmakers that – and the much maligned, too. I remember when a lot of people were, you know, thinking that, the, the, the trade to, to get Will Anderson in the draft where the Texans forfeit their first-round pick next year. A lot of people were, were not understanding that. This is a dude who's he's got a sack on, on the season. He's been getting after the quarterback. He's been making some plays. And, you know, part of the reason – obviously, everybody wants to talk about C.J. Stroud and how successful he's been. And Nico Collins, obviously, Tank Dell, been huge cogs in the machine for the Texans this year. Don't forget about that Texans defense. Will Anderson's making plays uh, back there. That's who you guys ended up grabbing. Um, uh, instead of Jordan Mason this week, yeah. or you drop Jordan Mason for him, and that could work out. I mean, like the Texans, um, going on the road to Atlanta, it's it's kind of a coin flip type game, and we've seen the 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 um, points for a drop from three and a half in favor of the Falcons all the way down to one and a half. Who knows wow. where that's going to go? But there's a lot of money coming in on the Texans right now. Um, I I think we we kind of covered this. I'm going to ask you anyway, Trevor. Is, is the toughest lineup decision that you're facing this week for this particular league, Michael Thomas versus George Pickens? And if so, we don't have to analyze it. Is there another tough lineup decision in one of your Kentucky leagues uh, that you're that you're looking at this week that you just don't know what the hell to do with? Yeah, it's definitely that on this team, and it's always, to me, the last flex spot. But, um, I mean, I'd have to go back and look at my Kentucky teams. But, yeah, it's always the last flex spot. I mean, they're just a coin flip most of the time, you know. And See, that's like- just the coolness. That is the coolness of Trevor Holt. He's just he, he's even. It's like it's it's like the river flows at one speed all the time. It's it's it's, 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 it's a great part. You know, uh, I'll tell you something that that you brought up, and and I shot it down last week, Balky, and it's proof again that that you know I could use 
a partner like Trevor, you, you brought up the fact of Logan Thomas. And uh, I said, no, let's let somebody else get him. Let's let somebody else play him. And despite all those targets at Washington, Logan Thomas had a wonderful game. He almost caught a 50-ish yard touchdown. Um, he, he looked physical. He, he made difficult. He made a catch at his, at his shoe tops. Um, and, you know, based on his contribution in that one game, the tight end play has been so suspect. We're waiting for one game from Goddard. And we're waiting for one game from the aforementioned Waller. And in some, some situations, we've just given up on completely and reasonably so. But, um, yeah, I, I gave terribly wrong advice about Logan Thomas because, uh, you know, he's not the most physical tight end. He's 32 years old, but, you know, he's a big target, and he caught the ball well, and the quarterback I, seems to love him. And I, I, I just remember, young quarterback, veteran tight end, is such a great formula. So yeah. I, I will say this, um, you know, I'm not going to take a victory lap on Logan Thomas, and, and quite frankly – and no, I'm not going to because on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show last night with Mike Shope, I was notably muted when it came to Logan Thomas. I said, yeah, we'll see on that. I, I, I kind of poo-pooed it a little bit. But remember that it took 55 straight passing plays called by the commanders last night in the last two and a half quarters of play uh, in order for Logan Thomas to achieve his nine for 77 and one touchdown night. Um he was open underneath all the live long day because the Bears were sitting back. It required the right game script, and we did see the right game script for Logan Thomas last night. And I'm sure this won't be his last game like this this season, but good luck trying to predict it. But certainly Logan Thomas, awesome last night, as well as – and we'll give you props, and I didn't give you props before. I, I should have given you more, Trevor. But that Sam Howell performance last night, mm. it gets lost Fantastic. in the shuffle, right? They lose by three touchdowns. But Howell, yeah. 388 yards two touchdowns. You got to love it. 19 yards on the ground. That helped as well. Let's go to the emails here, Trevor, uh, for you. The first one is from uh, Terry in Atlanta. What's up, man? If Saquon Barkley is active, how confident are you in starting him this week? Thanks so much. That is Terry in Atlanta. We kind of talked about a, a little bit about this with, I believe it was Hudson Kern Reeve at, at the top of the program tonight, but Trevor, we didn't get your insight on this. Obviously it always depends. Like, who your, you know, who your other options are. But Saquon Barkley this week, as it stands right now, is sort of like a fringe top 25 guy. He's at Miami this week. If he is active, how confident would you feel about starting him? Yeah, I, I don't have him on any teams, but if he's active, I'd be confident. Uh, I know they I know they said at first it was a normal ankle sprain, then it was a high ankle sprain. and But if he's out there, I got to believe he's healthy enough to play. And it should, God, it should don't be they right. need him. Yeah, and, man, oh man. and he would also fall in the category if there's not much behind him if yeah. you're counting on that burrito. So, yeah. yeah, and and they should be a desperate team. So, if he if he's out there, yeah, I'd feel good starting. I'm just kind of curious. I, I, I didn't look at it. I'll look at it right now as far as the, the spread and the total on that game. That is a 1 o'clock game. Giants are, yikes, 11.5-point dogs in a game uh, that features a 47.5 yeah. total on it. So, yeah. They, they just don't passes. It, but to, to echo Farrell, they do need Barkley. I mean, yes, big time. They yeah, need absolutely. Barkley this week. Yeah. Uh, one other email here for you, uh, Trevor. Uh, this is from Ed in Los Angeles. How's it going? Oh, this is a question about last night. 
What happened to Brian Robinson Thursday night? And should no. I expect this to happen again? I already mentioned it. Thank you for the email, Ed. I already yeah. mentioned it. 55 straight called passing plays in the last two and a half quarters of play. To me, this is an outlier. Um, I I was burned by Brian Robinson. I had him going in a ton of leagues last night. I had a lot of confidence in him. It just didn't work out. Trevor, I don't know what your shares of Brian Robinson looked like. Um, how do you feel about him going forward? Was this an outlier or was this a harbinger of things to come? Yeah, definitely an outlier. Uh, I heard some stat, like you said, it was since they've charted that, that was the most consecutive passes ever thrown without a design run play call. So, yeah, it so that tells you it's a total fluke. But, yeah, I mean, I, I have him maybe three or four times as an RB2, and I'd still play him. He gets all the goal line. Uh, he's he's catching the ball more this year than last year. So, yeah. And, and we should mention that, too. Like, kind of what saved his night, six carries for 10 yards. He did have four catches for 33 yeah. yards. Antonio Gibson did get four catches for 64 yards. But the, the point is made here um, with, with you, uh, Trevor. Brian Robinson is catching the ball a lot this year. He has already caught, let's see, what, what have we got here? Nine catches already on the season, which is, um, he's well, I guess he's only projected for 31 catches this year. But what did he have last year? I mean, it couldn't have been 31. I feel like he is much more involved in the passing game than he was uh, in years prior. He's on pace for 13 touchdowns, nearly a 1,000-yard season. Yeah, more yeah. often than not, he is going to get it done for you. Farrell, I'm fresh out of emails for Trevor Holt. Oh, I would, you know, my normal question, Trevor, that I have to have, I got to, I got to supplant. Well, no, I'll go ahead and ask it, but I, then I want to comment. Um, Trevor, you, you've got strong opinions. Who is the player that you are completely in avoiding this weekend in lineups? Who is the player that will make you legendary? We, we probably already had him for this team. But who's the player that's still to play that will make you a legendary fantasy player this week? Okay. And the rule is it has to be somebody we've not talked we about. We can't right? talk about. <laughs> oh, Trevor watches the show. Right. No in-show reruns, Trevor. No in-show right. reruns. No so your legendary guy, just because he's due, is going to be Jalen Waddle. He is due. He's due for a, a blow-up game. Maybe not quite DJ Moore, but maybe half of that. So, yeah. So Jalen Waddle is going to be the legendary guy this week. Uh, the absolute avoid, I will say, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I've got yeah. bad out of there. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look good in the back. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, as you listen to that, uh, the, the people that are listening, Trevor Holt, don't know him. I got a quick story. Trevor Holt's life in the FFPC began by winning a bid to play live at Planet Hollywood several years ago with with the top finish. 2.38 was the number that kept Trevor out of the championship. He's a runner-up. 2.38 <laughs> was the uh, the difference there. And he's runner-up in the league. And so he shows up in Las Vegas to play his first-ever competition in the FFPC. And he signed up for Friday night, 6 p.m., I think, Balky. And um, mm-hmm. at, at his 12-team league was Hubbard, Danny Mueller, the Zazel brothers that carry around a oh, special yeah. hammer for, Ken- yeah. for for Kentucky players, you know they just Bill and Don, yeah, just me especially, just just and others that noted of of similar talent, and um, uh, Trevor walked away with that league championship. So you know it, it's uh, it's 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 a lot of great history. Uh, yeah, that was the only thing I won in Vegas that year. <laughs> <laughs> 
for that's what you went for. That was your endorsed purpose for being there, sir. And, and, and Trevor, that's a lot more than a lot of people win in Las Vegas. So congratulations <laughs> there. Um, before we let you go, um, let, uh, let's go back to our man, the Lude, Chris Lude. Uh, he has a quarterback question here. Trevor, I'll pitch this to you. He's got a, uh, a quarterback conundrum. He's got Jared Goff at home against the Panthers or Trevor Lawrence uh, in London against the yeah. Bills on Sunday morning. Which quarterback would you tell him to start? Another strong opinion. I don't have to think I'd start golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them either, but they've looked kind of shaky on offense too. So I'd give me golf in that one. Yeah. Even really, if Gibbs is unavailable yeah. and even if uh, the, well, the other. Yeah. The, he, he, can throw it to La, he can throw it to Laporta. He can throw it to uh, Reynolds and then Jamison Williams. I know he's first game back, but he can one catch he can house it so yeah give me golf trevor lawrence spends so much time in england he's in line for the crown uh he's he's in that line of lineage to be the king of england one of these days so i'm gonna say that i'm gonna follow trevor holt with golf jaguars back-to-back games in london uh i i have not been looking for it but i bet the social media digital assets of the jaguars loose in london would be very, very entertaining to see how these guys are killing their downtime uh, going forward across the pond. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll look for it this weekend. Not Maybe enough ice. <laughs> not enough ice, exactly. Uh, I'll tell you what. There is no cooling the team that Farrell Elliott and Trevor Holt have put together as they are charging up hard on that FFPC main event leaderboard. Uh, Trevor, congratulations on, number one, all your success in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Number two, your success that you've already had in the FFPC. And number three, good luck the rest of the way trying to bring home this seven-figure grand prize. I apologize that you're saddled with a co-owner like Farrell Elliott, (laughs) but you have been been rising to the occasion to, to, uh, to get it done so far. Congratulations on that. Thanks so much for joining the show tonight, and I hope you enjoy week five and have a great weekend. You too. See you guys. Thank you so much. The mayor of Del Mar, where he is pounding Coronas right now, it is Trevor Holt, the co-owner of the KFFSC Farrell Elliott uh, brainchild that is in 35th place right now. And Farrell, congratulations to you because I know you've had a hand in it. You've been very modest about it so far. Mm. But this has got to be fun for you, too, to see a team this high up. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, you know, I don't think that kind of excitement, even for guys that are there, you know, with multiple teams, you are our beloved Chad Schroeder, FPI, these guys that you see their name peppered throughout the list. But, you know, let, let's be honest. We had two big performances from Thursday night players. So we're in there. So we're, we're coming out of there, right. but we've got a chance when the dust settles to be better off in week five than we were in week four. And we still got a lot of football in front of us. So it, it's exciting. And it's, it's a good, uh, it, it, it's just, just a good way to enjoy fantasy football differently by partnering, you know, with, um, with players that uh, not only do you respect their skill set, but you like them as dudes. And Tra- Trevor Holt's one of the best guys you ever meet. And he's done it before. I mean, he's he's gone yeah. up against the best and come away with an FFPC main event league title. So you know he's got the chops to do it. Obviously, you've seen in Kentucky. Yeah, I let him get off here without without. Um, he he's got he's he's obligated to attend. He and his dad Tony obligated to attend the uh, Super Bowl drafting party this year. Uh, bulky, I, I let him slip off the hook last year because hey, he was somewhere. But 
that well, he's he's obligated this year. Nip that in the bud. Absolutely, you know, he's he's coming. This Lude guy needs to show up too. He's very active. Yeah, Chris Lude, we'd love to see you there. Uh, make yeah. sure that and what and by the way, for that Super Bowl party, what's the best way? to get your spot, right? I mean, do you, are you just going to KFFSC.com? Well, we're going to open up registration next week, but if you would like to talk further with me about it, I don't have anything to do after midnight tonight. So my number is 502-523-5057. But we will be up uh, next week on the, uh, uh, at at the website, KFFSC.com, open an account and join the league is $300. If we get a bulky, you're missing a five there. You're going. Oh, I, I screwed of, it up. I just I you're just, going to get some sort of a, a situation there in the Philippines or something. But five oh five seven, right? Yeah. Thank you. But you know, um, um, the, the three hundred dollar entry uh, per team in the Sweet Sixteen, ninety six team league, ten thousand uh, dollars overall grand prize. Mm-hmm. All right, now I th- I think I got it here. I'm going to leave this up. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it up there right now. We're talking now. Let's go through rapid fire and help some people with their lineups for week five. Um, we'll kick things off in uh, Chicago, Al in Chicago. No Justin Herbert for me this week. So do I start Jordan Love or do I start CJ Stroud? Thanks, guys. That is Ooh. Al in Chicago. Jordan Love is going up against the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday Night Football. CJ Stroud, we already talked about the Texans. He is in Atlanta. I'm probably not the right guy to ask about this, Farrell, because I'm going to say Jordan Love, but I am biased. <laughs> you and and I think that's the I think that's the right pick. Um, Garoppolo is going to be back for the Raiders. I think both teams will move the ball more offense in the desert. That game is out there in the carpet in the desert, right? Yes. So that uh, there's there's much more um, there's much more activity. Uh, in that game than I'm expecting uh, in, in in Atlanta. So yeah, let let's uh, let's definitely um, put uh, love out there. We are ready for love on Monday Night Football. That's the way we're rolling on this. Let's go to our next email running back question here from Charlie in Charleston, West Virginia. Is it time to sit Jameer Gibbs? I'd be putting in Raheem Mostert instead of him. We kind of talked about. Thank you for the email, Charlie. We kind of talked about Jameer Gibbs early. We don't know if he's going to go. We think he's going to go, but we don't know for sure. The fact that he's beat up right now and the Dolphins' offense seems to be clicking and they have such a good matchup. I'm not saying they put up 70 against the Giants, but we could see a big game from Achan and from Mostert. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can definitely feel good with sitting Gibbs in favor of Mostert this week. Yeah, and if that's the choice you've got to make, you've got a very good team. Congratulations. Um, let's go to, who am I looking at? John? Is this John's email? Yeah. John in Hanover, Maryland. Hey, Balky and Farrell with Michael Wilson's breakout. Would you play him over Drake London this week? I love your show. Thanks. That is John in Hanover, Maryland. John, we love your emails coming in for sure. So you have uh, Drake London taking on the uh, Houston Texans this week at home. Uh, you have Michael Wilson who is going to also be at home taking on the one and three. Can't believe I'm saying that Cincinnati Bengals was Wilson's breakout enough for you to say, yeah, I should be playing him over London. I don't know if I'm all the way there yet, Farrell it's close, but I'm going to say Drake London here. We've talked about patience. There's nothing that will try your patience more than the Atlanta Falcons offense, but you for better or worse, you are with London. And uh, 
yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna play London, and we're gonna hold our breath uh, against a, a Texans team that I think will make plays on the quarterback. It's difficult. It's it's a very difficult uh, situation. I don't think we've seen enough from Wilson yet. I like the player, mm-hmm. but uh, if it ever clicks in Atlanta, uh, it will have to click through London. So that's what I would go with. Yeah, I, I, I have Wilson on a lot of dynasty teams. Um, I'm hoping I don't have to deploy him in some Kentucky main events this week, but I might have to given the Amon Ross St. Brown injury status. We'll see what mm-hmm. happens there. Um, if I do have to, I have to, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think London's the type of guy that, that you know, is going to be – I feel more comfortable in, in his volume and his usage, and I know it's the Falcons and anything's possible. But I, I think it, it's London over Wilson, at least for one more week. And if you like that question about the Falcons offense, Farrell, you're going to love this one. Brent in Twin Falls, Idaho. Hey, dudes, here's the weirdest question you'll get all weekend. Do I start Kyle Pitts or Janu Smith? <laughs> have a great week five. That is Brent in Twin Falls, Idaho. I have never in the history of doing this show, 12 or 13 years, whatever it's been, I can't remember a person asking us which tight end they should start from the same team. And that's the question we get here. Kyle Pitts, John o. Smith at home against the Texans this week. John o. Smith dominating in, as far as usage, usage goes um, over Kyle Pitts. That said, if I have this choice, I'm still going to start the upside guy. I know John o. Smith has, has been more heavily used. Um, Kyle Pitts to me seems like the type of guy, Farrell, when you start getting cute with them, that's when he starts performing. I don't know if that's what's going to happen this week, but I will really regret starting Jonu Smith over Kyle Pitts if Pitts blows up this week. I'm going to lean towards Pitts here. If you want to start Smith, that's fine. I get it. I understand why why you'd want to do that. I think it's a defendable decision, but me personally, I'm going with Pitts. Please go to the waiver wire and see what you can stir up. Uh, on, on the team – on the on the on the team that Trevor and I have, we, we were able to um, someone drop, dropped uh, Dalton Schultz, mm-hmm. and not a ridiculous bid got him. Um, so I'm I'm concerned about your future. Balky's told you what to do here, and I'm concerned about your fantasy football future. And you know, if you tell me that you also are considering picking up Herb Smith. I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a very difficult year in Idaho. Uh, Boise State is has got a pretty good team. Uh, Khalil Shakir is in the league. You know, there, there's things that you know that you can do that are beyond this. It's, it's amazing that everyone that is in business with Atlanta is having regrets, even the first-round draft picks of the talented Robinson. Be patient. you got to stick with these guys. You don't want to – have them have a, their breakout, their epiphany. They're bringing it together. They're playing for each other, as Coach Rivera says that the commanders were. You don't want to have that happen while you're trying to get a backup, Johnu Smith, who I would like to call a productive journeyman tight end. He's a great NFL player, has no business being considered um, as a uh, – as a fantasy starter, Bill Belichick gave him a ton of money too. So, so we know yeah, that he's a wealthy journeyman. Yeah, he's a wealthy. He's a wealthy. You know, nobody wealthy. talks about the the fact that the, the Patriots throwing around a lot of money to guys that aren't scoring the ball anywhere. 
Yeah, I, I guarantee you Patriots fans are talking about that. But on the nationwide scale, yeah, you're probably right. Fair oh, double check. One, um, one last question here uh, from Rubio. I think I know where you land on this, uh, Farrell, in the YouTube chat. Johnny Smith or Darren Waller this week? It's a Darren Waller slam dunk for me. Easy. Okay, good. Perfect. Let, let's end it on, on, on accord. Let's end it on positivity. Let's end it on agreement. We love doing that. Farrell Elliott. Uh, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, KFFSC.com. Remember, if you want to head over to the big game party live at Caesars Southern Indiana and party with luminaries like myself and all the other great people that are going to be there, give them a call, 502-523-5057, 502-523-5057, or check out the registration that will be up at kffsc.com within the next week as well. We will continue to check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. Follow you on Twitter, or the X machine as it is, KFFSC official. Farrell, thank you so much. Always a pleasure having you on. We'll do this again next week. See you soon, buddy. Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, joining me on the program tonight. Thanks to Trevor Holt, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you for making us a part of your fantasy football week. We will return next Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and I do believe we have a guest. Yes, Brian Carrero, who is has a top 20 team in the FFPC main event uh, right now. He will be our guest next week. Looking forward to that. In case you missed Tuesday's Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown with longtime FFPC players and champions, Chris Hart and Toby Biocchini. If you've ever seen Commando Fro in your leagues, that's those guys. They were on this past Tuesday. Check it out at my FFP. Uh, check it out at uh, youtube.com slash FFPC fantasy or anywhere you get your podcast. The show returns this Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can also check out the last night's uh, high stakes fantasy football show with myself and the deep end fantasy football podcast co-host and WGR 550 Buffalo sports talk radio host Mike Shope. Uh, we chopped it up for two hours. A lot of fun. By the way, check out that second hour when we are broadcasting while trying to watch the DJ Moore experience in our nation's capital last night, it was a lot of fun. You can check that out at any of the FFPC social channels, as well as better sports, uh, betternetwork.com or any of the better sports network social channels as well. This coming Thursday at 7 PM Eastern time, we'll go live for two hours with Brodo fantasy football's Matt Ward. The psych ward is going to be hanging out with me for two hours. That will be a must watch show. Go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com to play the FFPC weekly challenge. There is no draft. There is no salary cap. You're just choosing whatever players you want. 10 of them if you want to play without kickers and defenses. 12 of them if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Just get them in by Sunday's kickoff and then enjoy the ride for the re uh, the weekend. You can play for a $35 entry fee, a $200 entry fee, and you can win up to $2,500. Same idea as the world-famous playoff challenge for the FFPC. Only one player per team. No stacking allowed. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on this video, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it with strangers. We don't care. We just want you to share it because the more you do that, the more content we can create for you. FFPC related content that is going to help you be a seven figure champion this year, either in the FFPC main event, the fantasy pros championship or both. You never know. Uh, remember to get notified. Click that notification bell. And every time we go live, you will be notified. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. 
Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. One last thing, too. I, I said I'd mention this at, at the top of the program. Um, get your lineups in early, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time kickoff Sunday, Bills and Jaguars live in London. Remember that um, you will not be able to pick up Bills or Jaguars in that 10 a.m. waiver run and start them this week. Uh, so you're going to have to get your lineup started without Bills and Jaguars. If they're not already on your team, you won't be able to add them uh, to your team uh, going forward. Four teams on by. Make sure you're submitting uh, your lineups this week, getting those bye week players out. I hope the ball bounces your way. Thanks so much for watching. We'll talk with you on Tuesday night on the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown. This show will resume next Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend.